Every week on One on One, listen to Fordham Focus, a look at sports from the Rams' perspective. Join us when we talk with an alum or current athletic figure about the world of sports, Fordham style, right here on 90.7 FM and WFUV.org. Coach, you had the regular season finale today against George Washington, and let's quickly look back to the URI game on Wednesday night. And What happened in that second half uh, that served as a disadvantage to your team? Well, I think that there was a, a sequence there. You know, we had a good first half, and uh, as always, talked about you know coming out and imposing our will on them the first five minutes of the second half, and and, and we hung around, and then there was a trip down the floor where we missed a dunk, we missed a defensive assignment at the other end, came down, missed a wide open three, and they came down and made one, and all of a sudden, you know, boom, you're chasing a home team by, and you're down eight, and uh, they continued to compete. I, once again, I thought we got some pretty good looks at the basket. We weren't able to knock them down. And uh, and in inconsistent efforts, again, I mean, Brandon Frazier is really the only guy who put up any numbers and, and played with any consistency, I thought. How much appreciation did you have for how their backcourt played with Matthews and Munford uh, making some big shots? Well, Munford's a senior, you know, and, and he's playing like one. Uh, you know, I think the difference is Matthews, as a freshman, has come on strong late. And that's rare. You know, very often freshmen, as the year goes on, they wane uh, and they hit that wall, so to speak. But Matthews has been playing very well the last, very well the last couple of weeks, and and he'll obviously be one of the candidates, along with John Severe and, and Jalen Jenkins, I believe, for rookie of the year in the conference. And you now know that you'll be playing in the first game of the Atlantic 10 tournament this coming Wednesday against an opponent still to be determined. Uh, you'll be facing the loser of the Duquesne-George Mason game tonight. How disappointed are you that your team couldn't get out of that game? I'm very disappointed. I think it's important for Fordham. I think it's important for the A-10 for us to be playing on Thursday and, you know, deep into the tournament. So uh, we have to find a way to win this game Wednesday night, either against Duquesne or Mason, and, uh, and get ourselves uh, moving forward in the tournament. But I'm, I'm very disappointed in, in, uh, in the way this whole thing has played out. And uh, once again, it starts with me. I have to uh, reevaluate the way I'm doing things. I have to reevaluate some of the players that are uh, getting, you know, uh, large amounts of minutes. And, and, uh, and through recruiting and through uh, other adjustments, we're going to have to move forward and, and make this a better team. And who would you rather face in that game, Duquesne or George Mason? Doesn't matter. I mean, I thought Duquesne, you know, that was, seems like it was 10 years ago. You know, it was the first game of the regular season at Duquesne. We played a very poor first half, came back like gangbusters in the second half, got it to three, and I think we ended up losing the game by seven. So uh, they're both playing uh, fairly well. They've both gotten wins over the last few weeks. Obviously, Duquesne with a huge one against St. Louis. Mason has been very resilient, and they've won a number of games over the last three weeks, uh, you know, after starting out the season, I believe 0-7 or 0-8 in the conference. So, uh, you know, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, we'll prepare for either one, and, and we'll start preparing tonight. We've spoken recently about crowd factor in games. Uh, do you believe performance breeds fans, or does fan turnout uh, affect performance more? Well, it all depends where you're coaching. You know, uh, at certain schools, there's a loyal fan base that's going to show up no matter what. Uh, obviously with the history here at Fordham, which part of what we're trying to develop is that culture of, hey, there's a basketball game, we're going. And, you know, we're going to go cheer this team on, win, lose, or draw. And uh, it's very, very important in the growth process of any program because, as you know, you've traveled with us. You've seen the crowds. In this league, there is a passionate crowd uh, following and a fan base for home games. I I believe the last six uh, games we played prior to Rhodey, we're sellouts. So, I mean, it's that kind of home court advantage, and you need that to be able to get over the top. Now, I believe today we'll have a, we'll have a sellout crowd, but there were some during the year. Like, I, I thought for sure VCU, people would come out of the woodwork mm-hmm. to see us play VCU here, similar to Butler 
you know, last season. But uh, that wasn't the case. And, and uh, obviously when we start winning basketball games, and we will, People will come out of the woodwork, and uh, you know the same people that are killing us right now are going to be our biggest fans, and and that's just life in the big city, man. That's uh, you know that that's uh, what comes with the territory here. But it does speed up the process when you have a fan base who's there, night in and night out, and loyal and understands the process that you're going through. At least to me, it looks like the effort these last two games has been pretty solid. Uh, would would you say so? Yeah, I think they're playing harder. I, I just still think we're. You know, the gang that can't shoot straight. You know, I mean, we've uh, our offensive field goal percentage has been poor, and the first thing we do as a staff is we each get a copy of the game, and we go through it, and, and we talk about the shots that we're taking and, and, and the makeable shots and where we're getting the ball on the floor and things like that. So uh, those are things that have to change through, once again, through player development and through recruiting and, and get the ball to players in spots on the floor where they can, they can score the basketball. I mean, two games ago, I believe we took 20 more shots than our opponent. You know, and uh, and they're not. It's not like we're just throwing them up there. We're getting decent looks. It's close to that against URI. Too. Yeah, and I mean that's important because we're not turning the ball over, and that's something we've gotten much better at this year. We're taking care of the basketball. The two things, if there's any positive, well, there's a, there's a number of positives. I shouldn't say if there's any. We're we're one of the best free throw shooting teams in the con- in the conference, and our uh, assist to turnover ratio is much better than it's been in years past. Uh, we've moved up the food chain in a lot of categories in the A10. We just haven't moved up in, in the win total, and, uh, and, and that's something that has to change. Obviously, a very challenging A-10 schedule, but look, you know, uh, if you can't run with the big dogs, don't get off the porch. <laughs> and uh, Brian Smith, since that St. Joe's game, he's looked, I, I think I would say he's looked more comfortable with his role on this team. Uh, do you get the feeling he's in a better place than he had been prior to that game? Yeah, well, obviously that game was something I, I prefer we build off and, and go get us a few more 20-point mm-hmm. games, but... Uh, yeah, he just got in foul trouble again the other night, and, and that's a challenge for us at that position, you know, because we're not deep at that at that stretch four spot where Manny Suarez is not playing this year. So, uh, you know, we have the option of going and playing big, and then when we do that, we're not we're not playing with a stretch four anymore. We're really playing with two fives, and and that uh, that kind of slows us down offensively a bit. Ryan Canty uh, continues to look the best that he's looked in his career here. Is it a case where he's just been able to forget everything that was going on at the beginning of the year and just play his game? Well, I think, and I think he's, you know, uh, him having to miss those six games in the middle of the year kind of took the wind out of his sails, and, and then you kind of crank it back up after not being around the team for three weeks, and and uh, he's kind of hit his stride a little bit, and and, uh, and I think he's playing with great energy, and, and that's a bright spot because as he moves into his senior year, you know, you're going to expect more out of him. How mindful do you still have to be with his minutes? Because uh, he did sit for a good portion of the first half the other night. Yeah, well, once again, between uh, his his energy and aggressiveness at times can get him into foul trouble. And and then we have to look at matchups on the other end. Uh, you know, if teams are playing small and they're going to be able to take a their five men out around a perimeter, well, that's not a good matchup for Ryan, you know, unless uh, unless he's a non-shooter and he can give him space. So a lot of it's dictated by matchups. And you face a GW team today that has really used its crowd to propel them, uh, did so against you uh, the first time out back in D.C. Uh, who scares you the most for them? Well, Creek, I think they're two fifth-year seniors are really the difference makers for them. They're a veteran team uh, with four seniors that play a lot of minutes. But, but I think Creek has really been the difference. He's a fifth-year transfer from Indiana. And uh, him and Armwood really are the heart and soul of the team. So you have to contain those two inside and out. And their front court, you mentioned Armwood, has been a huge part of their game. Larson as well with that one-two punch. Uh, is that something you envision having here in the future? 
Well, I think everyone would like that. I mean, everyone would like to start inside out as you move forward. You know, you need to uh, you, if, inside post play, uh, controlling the paint and the glass. That's that's offensive line playing football. If you control the line of scrimmage in football, you're going to win a lot of a lot of football games. Well, in basketball, if you control the paint and the backboards, you're going to win a lot of games. And that's the key because it makes life a lot easier for the guys on the perimeter when everybody's playing inside out. So, yeah, I think every, every team in the country would like to have a, a, a great four and five man that they can count on to, to play complete games and defend, rebound, and score the basketball. All right, Coach, thanks a lot, and good luck later today. Okay, pleasure. Thanks. And we thank Tom Pacora for once again joining us to talk about the state of Fordham men's basketball. But right now, Anthony, let's talk about those Fordham women's basketball team. They are playing in Richmond right now in the semifinals of the Atlantic 10 tournament. Let's just set the scene here. They're 23-7 and on the year. They're 11-5 and in the A-10. Um... St. Bonnie's twenty-three and nine on the season, eleven and five in the A ten. The score to the game is thirty-eight four Fordham. I had to Fordham keep is up thirty-eight to four over St. Bonaventures. These were the two most evenly matched teams you could imagine. St. Bonnie's defeated Fordham earlier this year, and this is just an unbelievable game right now. I had to check the score again to make sure that I got this right. It is. 38-4. to four. It's incredible. It's unbelievable. And now we will send you to that game in progress in Richmond. Here's Mike Watts and Kenny Ducey with the call.